Hey there, my name is Erin Deal, and I'm a half-Southern, half-Midwestern mama, some call this voice a nasal twang, who took $5,000 to build and scale a one-of-a-kind experiential organization that improves the lives of corporate professionals through personal development, humanity, and humor. Along the way, I've built client relationships with some of the most notable companies in the country, all while attracting a rock star team of experts and hilarious facilitators. Sounds pretty awesome, right? Well, what I didn't tell you is that my resume also includes a long list of comedy shows I bombed, improv teams I didn't make, companies who told me no, and many a heartache when it came to becoming a mother. I want to show you the real deal of the grit, creativity, and determination it takes to overcome your disappointments, embrace the suck, and design the career you could only dream about. I believe we all have our own unique gifts that we bring to the world, and it is our mistakes that help to unwrap them. Welcome to Failed It. Welcome to Failed It, the podcast that reminds you, you have to fail in order to improve. I'm Erin Deal, the founder of Improve It and your host. And today I am so excited to have our guest, Ashley Bowden. So, Let me read Ashley's real resume before we get to her failed it resume, if you will. So Ashley Bowden is a speaker, mindset coach, and heart encourager who helps people move from self-sabotage to self-confidence. She is the visionary behind The Imperfect Boss, an international movement that shifts imperfections into superpowers and helps women lead with their whole selves. Ashley's campaigns of empowerment and vulnerability have reached hundreds of thousands of people over three years, and she has been featured in publications and events across North America. The easiest way to her heart is through soul talk, hugs, and donuts. Welcome to the show, Ashley! Yay! I'm excited to be here. Should we should we say you're excited to be back? Because we we should just tell people the truth here, right? I should shouldn't lie to my failed at family. <laughs> oh well, so failed at fam. A quick caveat. So Ashley is amazing. Um, I actually when was this February Ash that we yeah. chatted? Yeah, a long time ago. So That's a long time ago now. Oh my gosh, doesn't it feel like a different life? (laughs) (laughs) Truly a different lifetime. Um, So we recorded one of the first episodes I had ever recorded for this podcast in February. And we had it all set to air when we launched in April. We were going to push this thing out end of April. And as soon as we were about to do that, it was March and a pandemic hit. And we said, well, we can't talk about this because or we can't air this episode because it doesn't talk about what we're all going through and it feels wrong to not talk about it. So we'll just do the first four episodes about COVID and then air this one about Ashley and, and her great, great story because we have so much to unpack here. So then um, we were getting ready to air that episode. And then it the death of George Floyd happened. Black Lives Matter movement became the forefront of everything I thought about. And I was like, hold on, we got to pause again. So then it came time to 
put your episode to air and we had no mention of the coronavirus pandemic or Black Lives Matter movement. And Ashley is a, as she mentioned in her bio here, she helps people move from self-sabotage to self-confidence. She is a mental health and wellness coach. This woman can help us all in this time. (laughs) Ashley, we need you. Thank you for coming. (laughs) My honor. Oh, so. I just talked a lot about you. Can you share with us, give us a little highlight reel, give us some good, and then share with us your failed it resume. Just give us the Ashley story. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here to do it. Yes. My story, you know, if I could say like what my story in my 31 years of living is really captured by, I would say it's it's being broken and then rising up from that place to experience healing and reclaim my life back that includes really my highlights and my lows but that they're not actually separate but that they bleed into one another the lows become the highlights and sometimes the highlights become the lows Mm -hmm. and I think anyone who you know if you've you know ever put out a project there you know that some of the Moments that look the greatest on the outside don't always feel the greatest on the inside. And some of the things that are the most painful on the inside turn out to be some of the most transformational things on the outside. And so that is definitely my story. I have been doing online entrepreneurship for six years. And right now I have the honor of serving women specifically and helping them shift out of patterns of self sabotage to really learn how to really truly support themselves on a daily basis not when they're perfect not when they feel good but always every day um and to get to that place where like you're like this is the work that I want to do and this is how I really want to help people I don't I don't think it would be easy to wake up and say I'm going to help people uh shift out of self-sabotage without first facing your own self-sabotage without first looking at what those patterns and and cycles are in my own life and figuring out how can I begin to heal and how can I begin to shift the roots. And so a lot of my my failure resume come out of different self-sabotaging patterns. And whether that has been wrestling my way through a sex addiction into recovery, whether that has been filing for bankruptcy in my business, or whether that has Then just even like working with communities or working, giving leadership to different things that really fell apart or where people got really upset and, you know, you're kind of left in the aftermath of, of dealing with people who have very real emotions and at the same time feeling like I didn't do this on purpose, but it's still messy. And so what I love about all of those stories and what I love about my journey so far is that I think by leaning into those failed it moments that I have been able to experience not just growth but to really experience what it can look like to truly love and support yourself up close Mm. Ashley 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 (laughs) 
You, okay. I have so much to unpack from that. And I, I mean, I knew your story from before. So this is, the refreshers are real. I hope people listening, I mean, one of the most beautiful things that I just heard you say was that those lows can really be transformational into your highs, right? Like those, I I like to say this the same, and I, I didn't come up with this, but it's just a phrase I like to say that we don't teach um, from our wounds, we teach from our scars. And I think that the fact that you have gone through the things that you just mentioned and you have said, I'm going to teach, I'm going to use my platform because this woman has a huge platform. I found her on the interwebs, people. She's She's got a, a following of women who they need you in their life. You have done, you have changed lives because of the changes in your life. And it's just so magical to watch her. One of your um, platforms, The Imperfect Boss, right, is... I think just built from those imperfections and, you know, I think what you stand for, who you serve, and I love that you said the word serve, is such a beautiful thing. And honestly, you embody everything that this podcast embodies. It's that we have these failures and when we can look at them as gifts, we can help and teach others from those places. And I just think you're a magical unicorn. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, all right. I want to talk a lot about, because you have so much wisdom. Um, I know you give, you give and serve the people in your community with this wisdom. So I appreciate you helping the failed at family is what we call ourselves here. Um, But I want to talk about mental health and serving ourselves during this time, because last time we chatted, there was no pandemic. There was no um, huge I mean, there was an uproar. There's always been an uproar of racial injustice in our country, but it wasn't as loud as it is right now. And people were angry, but we have become angrier and louder. And there's just at every corner, at every turn right now, we're facing mental health issues, right? We're we're stressed. So we don't know how to prepare for the next day. We don't know how to prepare for the months ahead. So what would you say to somebody right now if you could tell them how to not fail at taking care of their mental health, what would you tell them? And if you hear a phone ringing in my background, that's, you know who that is? That's that's our angel saying, thank you for coming here today. Um, <laughs> ring, ring. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, I would say that, because uh, that I think sometimes when we can get into these really these seasons, whether it's happening like it is right now globally, or if it's something that's on an individual scale, or if you're facing both of those at the same time, is then it really can trigger us into a survival stance of like, I'm just trying to get, like, we're just trying to get through this, and we're just trying to get through the day, we're just trying to get through the year, or or whatever. And so a lot of times when you get into that survival state, you're not necessarily asking the questions of, how am I actually doing? You're just thinking the question of, how am I getting through this? Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that one is that when you're in a survival state for a long time, that it can have a lot of different consequences, like things like burnout in uh, in like chronic overwhelm and, and those types of things. And so you want to be able to 
even just begin the process of acknowledging that this is a difficult time and to validate for yourself that it is. You know, that survival response is really like, oh, well, you know, like we can't think about that stuff. Like (laughs) we don't have time to look at how we're feeling right now. Like we just got to just got to keep going. I have so many things on my plate. Like I've just got to keep figuring this out. Or it can look more like, well, clearly like I'm not the one in the fire here. There's so many issues happening for everyone else. It's happening to other people worse. How dare I sort of think about myself in this? And it's all really just like a protective mechanism to keep us from vulnerability. Because if you're trying to survive, the most dangerous thing you could do is be vulnerable. Hmm. But then that becomes the problem, right? Is, is there's you're going to pay a price. There's going to be a consequence for not actually looking at how you're doing. And so my real encouragement, like the base encouragement for me would be just to simply start practicing checking in with yourself. And I teach this thing to my clients a lot where I say, like, ask yourself three questions. Number one, how do I want to feel today? Number two, what do I need in order to feel that way? And number Mm -hmm. three, what boundaries do I need to set to make sure that those needs get met? If you can ask yourself, for example, if you woke up tomorrow and you said, how do I want to feel today? I want to feel safe. What needs do I need to get met in order to feel safe? I need Mm -hmm. food in my fridge. What boundaries do I need to set in order to have that need met? I need to go to the grocery store today. Mm -hmm. And just by taking those very, that very small practical thing of like, one, you're not, you're meeting your own needs by first checking in with yourself. So that's true self-support. It's not trying to fix yourself. It's not trying to make your problems go away. It's not even trying to rescue yourself, but it's more of this validation and acknowledgement of like, we're in a difficult time right now. It makes sense that you're overwhelmed. It makes sense that you're trying to survive. So let's figure out what are some basic needs that we can get met in this moment so that your mental health can be well taken care of. Mm. I'm sending up some praise hands. I just went to church. Um, you just spit fire, my friend. That was beautiful. I, I'm i going to like replay this episode <laughs> because it's so funny that you even said the word survive if i'm being honest i like to set monthly intentions and you know i i no, none of my intentions have been survive right but at the end of the day if i'm thinking of what the reality of this year i feel like for a lot of us is is survival <laughs> mm-hmm. from a maybe it's your job your position maybe it's your business maybe it's you know, surviving your health, surviving, you know, your emotional state, like those three questions that you listed are so helpful. And when you can get to the root of what it is, like why, what you can do to support yourself day by day, those three questions, I think breaking it down that way are so helpful in a world where we feel so overwhelmed. Those three questions feel like, let's all write them in our planner and ask ourselves every single day. I'm going to rewind 
it's like a tape, okay? I just pretend we have a cassette tape. I'm going to press a button on iTunes and go back on this episode once it airs to listen to those three questions, and we'll put them in our show notes for listeners. Mm-hmm. So people can have those. I, th- I appreciate you sharing that. I know that's something you share with your community and you have a lot of knowledge about, and that that for me really resonated. So girl, yes. Now, let me ask you this. <laughs> Why is not failing at our mental health so important? Why is it, especially in 2020, is it so important to focus on that mental health? And you did answer this a little bit last time, but I want to really dive deeper on that. You know what? I think that this question is, well, one, I think the question is obviously so unique to every individual. Mm. And I think it is a question that needs to be asked that I would encourage everyone to ask themselves. Like, why is my mental health important to me right now? What does my mental health give me? If I don't have my mental health, what am I left with? Mm. For me, I think that I can tell you with like complete confidence that if I do not have, if I'm not taking care of myself in my mental health, it is like I am showing up to a fight with only like 10% of my resources. I would say that mental health is what gives us the capacity to stand, to persevere, to keep going, to dream, to do what, to do the things that are on our heart, to stay in connection, to continue to love people, even when it's hard. If we don't have mental health, I think we have a very low capacity, not just for what we can offer, not just for what we can give, but for how we can exist. And so if you continue to stay in this survival sort of cycle or sort of mode, my heart for you is that you would um, look at your mental health and how can you support yourself in that space? Because otherwise you're going to feel like you keep showing up every day with this very limited capacity of what you can handle. And that's going to overflow into things like I mentioned, like, burnout, self-sabotage, defeatedness, powerlessness, discouragement, disappointment, despair even. Uh, and so I would say it's, num- it's a number one priority. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. For, for somebody listening right now who is, you know, trying to figure out ways, obviously there's things like exercise and meditate, but what are some ways do you've specifically improved your mental health during this pandemic for anybody who is you know I'm exercising I'm doing the the meditations and I still feel like I'm only in survival mode what what would you say are some ways you've improved that others could emulate yeah so number one I would say always start with checking in with yourself because the problem a lot of the time with mental health and self-care is like we can read those listicles those buzzfeed articles or whatever, and it's like a hundred ideas for self care. Maybe you just like pick out like, oh, these sound fun, like these ten, and and you kind of just like throw them at your life like spaghetti on the wall, and just like hope that one of them works, hope that one of them sticks. But a lot of times, then what we're doing is we're just like doing these these self care activities, self supportive practices that don't actually meet us where we are. They don't actually meet our needs. They don't actually make us even feel taken care of because we're just like randomly pulling them out and just like throwing them. Uh, and so first, like just always starting with even just asking yourself the question when you're thinking about different. Uh, 
So sorry. There's an angel again. There's an angel. <laughs> they keep coming. They're wanting to say, hey, oh, keep it. You know what? This is why we keep it real on the Failed It podcast. This is like, we got phone calls. People want to talk to you, Ashley. Angels want to say, hey. Always my sister. Oh, always. Tell her we need you right now, sissy. Sorry. Our people, the Failed It family needs Ashley for just a minute. Yeah. Sorry. Back to you. Back to what you were saying. So, you okay. We were talking through just this mental health piece and why, what you've done. So, what, it starts with checking in with yourself. Yeah. And then. Oh, yeah. So, a question I even like to ask is like, what would be supportive to me today? Because some days it's like. What might be exercise might be supportive to you one day, but the next day, maybe what you really need to do is rest. Mm. And we can get caught up in like, even with self care and stuff, we can get caught up in like, I run every day because that's, that's what helps me. But like, is it really, or is it that you feel stuck in the cycle of perfection that if you don't run one day, then you're not practicing self care? Mm. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Maybe you just need to sit with yourself and ask, just ask. What would be sport to me today? And maybe for every day it is to exercise, but maybe one day it's not. And I, I just believe that it's an important part of, of practicing true support for your mental health. Then uh, I think uh, just a second piece, one that has been really helpful for me is the work of grounding. So just doing what I can to, uh, or doing different exercises or prompts to bring myself into the present moment. I, I think that when we are going through a stressful, traumatic time, it can obviously stir up feelings of past times where we felt powerless or out of control, where we felt different levels of trauma. And so anything I can do just to remind myself that I am in 2020 and that, you know, that I am not necessarily facing the monsters of my past. There might be monsters I'm facing now, but those are the only ones I'm facing. Um, And so you can do that through a lot of things through like your physical body. So one that I love is laying on the ground. So like whether it's in my house or in the grass or something and just feeling the support of being here in this moment. Mm. Mm. First, okay. I want to unpack two things that you just said. First was... you said this a while ago. This was before the angel called. You said listicles, which that is like a list of articles. Is that what a listicle is? Did you say listicles? Yeah, any article that's like 500, or not 500, <laughs> any article that's like 50 <laughs> minutes, 23 ideas for that or whatever. I love that word. So I'm going to, I want to adopt that word if you don't mind. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't even know if you made it up, but it's a great word. And then the second thing is, um, it's so interesting that you mentioned grounding yourself, you know, in the grass, I think, can I tell you just, you spark something in my brain here. I I live in Chicago and, or I lived in Chicago, actually, another fun fact for you, we'll have to to divulge. I am for all my peeps where I'm moving. And I did say this in another podcast, but haven't officially, officially said it yet. We are, we are moving from um, Chicago to Charleston, South Carolina, but what you just said is so, it sparked something in me because we came to South Carolina um, back in May of this year to escape the city. And I'll be honest, we don't have a backyard. We 
We didn't have any patch of grass in Chicago other than a park. And at, at that time, Chicago was on serious lockdown. There were cops in the park. Like you could not go to the parks because it was quarantine time. So when we got to my parents' house, we drove overnight, my husband and I and my son. I literally took off my my tennis shoes because I was cold because I was in Chicago. And I stood with my bare feet in the grass. And then I sat down in the grass and I just cried because there is something so magical about being in nature. I don't even know what what it was about that moment. It's just I had felt trapped for so long in 2020 from from the beginning of quarantine till basically first couple of weeks in May. We couldn't barely leave our apartment. There was it was cold. It was, you know, there we could only go on walks, but it was like 30 some degrees. So just that grounding moment for me was like a pivotal moment in 2020 where I, I realized how important sunshine, how important the earth, how important nature, how important the ocean, how important family is. And I think that if anybody listening could relate to you with that, with the grounding piece, I think that's just, you You just spoke magic to my heart there because yeah. I don't know. It's just the grounding is something that I think I wouldn't have thought of until this year, if that makes sense. Well, and I think that grounding too, it can really give us this feeling of being held. Yeah. I mean, when you feel held, it can bring up a feeling of safety. And so any sort of emotion that was sort of tied around that survival piece or that unsafety, it just like can kind of hold us in that moment. Oh, it's like, should I give you my copay right now for this therapy session? (laughs) (laughs) Do you take Blue Cross Blue Shield? This is, okay, for everyone listening, thank you, Ashley, for the couch, because this, 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 you're, you are a light sister, and this is why we need you. Hey, Failed It fam, do you have what the kids call Zoom fatigue? Are you sick of logging on Zoom and hearing things like, can you see my screen? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. And oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I'm late. Are you working from home in your bedroom slippers and business mullet like me, which I'm talking about wearing a business top and yoga pants on the bottom, feeling like it's Groundhog's Day every single day? Do you need some laughter, levity, and fun in your workday to change things up while remote? How about a laugh break? That's right. It's called Laugh Break, and it's Improve It's newest virtual offering. Laugh Breaks bring seasoned Chicago and Charlotte-based improvisers into your virtual conference call for a little taste of short-form improvisation. In each session, improvisers engage on live, on-the-spot games based on your team's laughter and suggestions. Now, whether your team needs a quick 15 minutes of laughter or a more substantial 30-minute break, Improve It has got your back. You can go to www.learntoimproveit.com backslash laugh break, or just click on the link in our show notes to book yours on demand today. Again, that's learntoimproveit.com backslash laugh break. Get ready to sit back, relax, and grab some giggles because we could all use a little laugh break right now. See ya on the Zoom. Now, if you're a member of the Failed It fam, you know I love myself a good morning routine. I truly believe you cannot fill others' teacups without filling your own kettle first. 
And one of the ways I fill my kettle is by moving my bodice like the goddess I am every morning, Monday through Friday. Now, if you're like me, you want something fast, easy, and accessible to you when you roll yourself out of bed before the sunrise to kick your day into high gear. The fitness app, Aptive, is all that and more. It's an audio-based app with real music, not stock music, with all kinds of categories like walking, running, meditation, and strength training. Now, the trainers rock, and my personal fave is Jamie for all things fitness. And if you like this podcast, you will like her for her positivity. I also love Jade for meditation. They have all types of programs for every fitness level, and their maternity program is what kept me motivated while growing a human. They even offer a free trial to get started. So click the link in our show notes to get yours today. I want to give our listeners a little more insight on you. Thanks for dropping some knowledge for them. I want to, I want them to know about Ashley. So, yeah. you know, at Approve It, we have this chicken hat, and it's a big mascot for us in our in-person workshops and in our virtual workshops. The chicken hat, it's really a hat with the chicken with sneakers on its feet. It symbolizes becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I want to ask you this question. It's sort of loaded. So, what would you say it could have happened in 2020? It could have happened any time in your life. What would you say was your chicken champion moment? So what was the most important lesson that you learned by becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable? And it could be this year. It could have been anything that sparked you to create Imperfect Boss, to create your online community. What would what would you say that is? <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll, ta- I'll, ta- I'll take you down memory lane. Okay. In 2013, I signed up for this, this trip where it's like based out of the, the States. It's like you go and you like volunteer in 11 countries in 11 months. Wow. And it is crazy. And I, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. It like really pulled up my heart for for activism and personal growth, and I ended up going, but I only lasted two months. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard. Oh, tell us more. Tell us the hard part. Okay. Well, honestly, I think there's a lot of elements that add into it being difficult. I mean, one, you're you're ultimately traveling like every three weeks. You're having to get used to a different culture so often and some for me like I really realized on the trip like I'm I'm pretty sensitive to atmospheres and so it was like every time we moved it was I would get so overwhelmed like new sights <laughs> new smells new mm. world and uh so there's that element then obviously you're so far outside your comfort zone you're you're like far away from home the two months I had spent were in Asia um you're like not you just don't have your normal things like you don't necessarily always have access to the internet. You, you're not necessarily watching television. <laughs> you're like yeah. in some more disadvantaged parts of the world. Uh, and then as well, like you're in community. So like you're doing it with people. You're not alone. Like you're constantly with people all the time. And there are things that come up just because you're doing that and you're doing it intentionally. And so when I, when I was over there, 
I uh, found that I just was, it was like, because I didn't have everything that I was used to, because I did have everything that would distract me, everything that would sort of numb me out. I, it was like everything that I had ever not faced, Mm. like rose up inside my heart. And I, I, I honestly was like, I never knew I was in this much pain. Mm. Like, honestly, part of me was like, I don't get, like, I don't get this. Like, where is this pain coming from? Like, clearly, clearly something happened to me. I don't remember because the, the amount of this pain doesn't make sense to me for the life that I've lived. And yet there it was. And it was, it was really relentless. And it's ultimately what sent me home because I was just full of anxiety and overwhelm. And I just had like physical pain just from emotions and grief. And I ended up going home. And so that was, I feel like that's a pretty, uh, in some ways it's kind of a radical situation of being uncomfortable because you are, you're just uncomfortable in so many ways, physically, relationally, financially, emotionally. Uh, but what I think I really learned through that entire process was one that as humans, specifically in our culture, that we can live our entire life completely unaware of how much pain we're in. Mm. And number two, when that moment comes where your pain like shows itself to you and in some ways it's ultimately a gift but that it can become obviously super overwhelming and that you have a choice you have a choice as to whether you will allow this moment to be a gift to you and you will say this is coming up to be healed or you will allow this moment to be an opportunity for you to escape and you will use this moment for numbing and I will say that when I got home from that trip, I did not use it for a moment of healing. I used it for uh, a, an incredible season of numbing for that lasted multiple years. And, uh, and I don't necessarily regret that choice. I think, again, that it was a survival instinct, but that when that choice came up again, then I got to make a different decision. Mm. Okay, can I can we kind of elaborate on that, what you just said there? So you got to, you know, you said you had the years of numbing, which I totally understand. And then you had a different scenario arise that allowed you to kind of work through that pain at a later time. How can you elaborate if you're comfortable? How did you improve yourself at that point? What was something that you did to really work through it? How did you, what would you say out of that lesson? you did that you still have the sort of lesson learned with you today. So how did that really improve you over time? Yeah. Well, so when I got home, I really stayed in my sex addiction. That was, that was my mode of numbing Mm. or my main mode. And then I didn't necessarily have like a visceral moment. Like I did overseas where like the pain was like intense and I couldn't escape it. Because I just because now I had so many other things that I could use to distract and numb, and I but I it would come up in moments. There were moments where I couldn't escape it, and I used to call it. Which, if there's anyone that relates to this, please DM me and tell me. I used to I didn't know how to describe what was what was happening to me, so I made up a name for it, and I called it pain waves. 
Mm. And it would just be like, I would be like, something would trigger me, something tiny. Like someone would look at me some way or like someone would say, excuse me, or I don't know. Or I would have to say goodbye to my sister to go back home. And it wasn't just like I was a little bit sad. It was like all of a sudden I'm in a full blown, like I cannot stop crying. I feel pain like all through my body, like just grief. And it, that's what it would feel like, like waves of pain, you know, started coming over me. And now I know that more is like not it was like more of an issue of like emotional regulation mm. and the, those emotions would come on so strong because I have never learned how to regulate my emotions. And there was such a level of pain, grief and trauma um, that had not been dealt with. And so through, you know, just working sort of like constantly being in this pattern of the addiction and then facing like those moments that would just sort of, just sort of intrude honestly uh, in my life I had to make a decision to choose recovery and again with that like it wasn't this holy divine moment where you know the heavens opened and I was like this is it I'm gonna heal now <laughs> yep your angels came again the phone rings the phone rings right. <laughs> but it was like a bunch of little moments that just started to like cultivate this thing in me of like I need to, I need to heal. And so I literally went after that in a million different ways, but there are five way, main ways that I went after it. And I went after it through like going to therapy. I went after it through taking recovery seriously by working with a coach, planting myself in community and letting people really see me, really know me up close, not just at a distance on the internet. And practicing daily self-care. So what I was sharing before, creating rhythms of self-care that were non-negotiables. Like it didn't matter how I felt. I was going to show up every day. It brushed my damn teeth. And then then just like playing around with other, I would just experiment with like other healing modalities, things like inner child work, self-compassion, grounding, et cetera. Oh, girl. This is, thank you for sharing this, by the way. And I know this is a part of who you are. And so I I just want you to know that I hope that if anybody does relate to the pain waves, um, we're going to make sure we give your Instagram handle there so you can reach out to Ashley. Um, I love your story. I want to ask you this. What would you say after learning from all these amazing lessons that you've dropped on us here? Or are these what I I don't call them failures, they're gifts. So after learning from your gifts, what would you say your it or your life's purpose is? I would say ultimately that it is to create safe spaces for people to heal. Mm. Yes. Ashley, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? Mm, To be honest. (laughs) Yeah, be honest. Let's do it. I don't know if my life would look that different. Yes. That's what I like to hear, girl. I mean, keep going. Sorry. Fear of failure is not necessarily something that holds me back. I'm probably more afraid. I'm probably more afraid of stagnancy and complacency than I am of failure. Mm. You live in Canada. I now live in South Carolina. I, how can we have drinks? 
Um, yes. How? Virtually. Virtually. Or how yes. could we? You, you are just so wonderful. I, you've created a life that you love yes. and learn from every gift given to you, which is really beautiful. Let me ask you this. What did you fail at today? Yeah, I, re- I remembered this question from the first time you from the first time you interviewed me, and I remember I said that I didn't eat breakfast. Yeah, did you eat today? Uh, are you proud? Gross. See, that's yes, what good. That's what happens when you own your failures. Next thing you know, you're eating breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd probably say that I've had a, that today and and a lot of days in a row. I've had a lot of failure around just disappearing from meetings because my internet cuts out. Ugh. Isn't it? Oh, I'm honestly, it's like the blessing and the curse of living in this virtual world. It's I've, I've had the same situation literally in the middle of like a huge workshop. My internet just went kapoop. Yeah. So you're not alone. You, <laughs> you. you are not alone. All right, Ashley, this is, if you probably remember, this is your second Fail, yeah, lightning round. So it's no surprise. So normally I hit you at the end with a surprise. <laughs> so this won't come as a shock. All right. So I'm going to do the fail, yeah, lightning round. And I'm going to ask you questions. We're going to do a little improv here, a little thinking quickly on your feet. So I'm going to ask you these series of questions. And you have to just respond as fast as you can with a one-word answer. No, you can't fail, but if you say more than one word, I'm going to give you a big <laughs> fail, yeah. All right. So, yeah. Ashley, are you ready for the fail, yeah, lightning round? I'm never fully ready, but let's go. <laughs> yes. Ready is a lie. All right. Yes. Here we go. All right. One word to describe your early career. Humbling. Humbling. Okay. One word to describe where you're currently at in your career. Satisfying. Uh, one word to describe your future self. Powerful. Mm. One word to describe your favorite boss. Kind. One word to describe your least favorite boss. Dominating. Oh. Gross. One word to describe your management style. Transparent. Mm. And one word to describe imperfect boss. Freedom. And one word to describe this interview. Fun. Woo! Nailed it. Didn't fail it, girl. Yes, that is amazing. All right. So, Ashley, tell all of the Failed It family where they can find you, how they can get into your DMs, share some info, give them all the things. Yes. I'd love to meet you. You can find me on Instagram at ashley.bowden or my website, ashleybowden.com. And I did just release a quiz to help you find out what your self-sabotaging type is. If you want to check that out, it's a sort of a supportive tool to you figure out what patterns might be going on for you and how you can begin to heal them. Mm, and that is on your uh, Instagram profile, right? Yeah, it's, it's on both. My profile and my website. It's on both. And your website. Okay, because I did see that. And I, I said, I'm about to take a quiz. All right, going to have a little downtime tonight, Mama. going to take a quiz. Okay, well, Ashley, I cannot thank you enough. This, I hope that anybody listening today just felt the energy and 
the amazing, amazing information that you provided us on mental health, on really just figuring out how to live the life that you were meant to live. You were an inspiration, Ashley, in that. I can't thank you enough for coming back. I think this was the right decision because if there's somebody we need in 2020, it's Ashley Bowden. So you are imperfectly perfect. And it is an absolute honor to have you on this show again. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. Hey, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Failed It. I'm so happy you're along for the ride. And if you enjoyed today's show, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. I'll see you next week, but want to leave you with this thought. What will you fail at today? And how will that help your future successful self? Think about it. I'm proud of you. And you are totally failing it. See you next time.